listening to Soundbite, the podcast that's food for your ears. I'm Celine Roberts. The maxim, you eat with your eyes first, is something Quelsi Kogel, a Pittsburgh-based food stylist, makes her living on. Today, we'll talk to her about the tips and tricks of her trade and debunk some myths about food styling. Food styling, when I tell people that's what I do, I usually get some weird stares and people try to come up with what that means. So I've had everything from, oh, you make the food look good on the counter of the coffee shop to, oh, you play with glue or these things that we've heard are stylist tricks. The majority of what I do is make food look good in front of the camera and that's usually used for websites, social media, sometimes for print ads, but the majority is digital these days. So I work in conjunction with photographers or videographers and I make sure that the food looks appealing because if you've shot a photo of food yourself, you know that what looks good in front of you doesn't always look good in a picture. So that's where I come in. Failed Instagram photo 101. (laughs) Yeah. Get out your tweezers and some oil and some spritzes and you might have it. (laughs) How did you start in this line of work? Uh, I had a food blog, and I ran into a photographer I knew, Adam Milliron, and I asked him for some feedback, and I wanted to learn more about editing and just wanted a photographer's critique, really, and so we decided to do a shoot together just for fun to see how each other worked, and it went really well, so then next thing you know, he pulled me onto a professional shoot, and it's kind of a fake it until you make it, which... Food styling is sort of a fake it until you make it profession because there's no one right way to do things and it's all problem solving. Sometimes you're trying to make an avocado stand up for a video and no one's done that before or no one has any ideas. So it's a lot of problem solving. So he pulled me onto the shoot. I initially just worked with him occasionally. I would take off a day or two from the job that I had and then Eventually, I was laid off from a small company, so I had a lot more time, and with more time came more opportunity, so I decided to dive in and go for it full-time. It is my own business. It's as official as I need it to be. You know, I do taxes, I do bookkeeping, but I'm not incorporated or anything at this point. How long have you been food styling? Probably like five or six years, I guess. And I do it in conjunction with a few other things, too. I mean, I'll do prop styling editorial commercials so it feels a little different depending on what I'm working on I do some food writing and recipe development so a lot of it is related but different outlets how do you go about finding shoots to style most of my work comes to me through photographers so because there isn't a great understanding of food styling I think it's easier for people to comprehend I need photos so I find a photographer that's logical And then the photographers will hire me because they'll say this is beyond the scope of the people involved with this shoot. So we need someone to really focus on how the food is going to look on set. One thing I'm shifting a little bit in my business is I'd like to focus more on the idea of content creation and selling myself as a content creator. So with social media, there's so many chances for small businesses and big businesses to reach their audience. So I'm really inspired by the idea of working with smaller businesses on how to tell the story of their products, whether it be food or just something they're selling that's inedible. How do they tell that story to their audience and what should those pictures look like? So 
I worked with a cookbook author and I helped her translate her brand into the photos. What props should she get? What recipes should she pair together? What should the backdrops be? And that stuff is really fun for me. I love the creative planning side. So I would encourage any small businesses, if you think you need more photos, which in today's era, I think you can't have enough, reach out and see if there's a project I can help you with because odds are I can add a creative story to your brand. I did this informal poll on Facebook, which is not in any way scientific. But I've also been asking people that I've met around, you know, what they're most interested in as far as what you do. And one of the questions that they have is, what are the tools of the trade? I don't feel like there's a food styling kit that you can go out and buy at Lowe's. (laughs) Through the (laughs) internet, you kind of can. There's a few pioneering or enterprising food stylists that have put together kits that you can buy and they get money through affiliates. But it is really a collection of things because you'll be on a set and think like, oh, I could really use this and make a note and get it next time or work with other food stylists or even photographers because they come in contact with so many different food stylists and they'll have a new idea for using something you never think about. For instance, more senior food stylists that I work with had this little silverware item and it was her husband's from when he was a baby and his family were German immigrants so I assume this is a very German utilitarian little item and it had a flat plane so that you could push your food onto your fork or spoon so to help little kids who aren't as dexterous be able to eat their food properly so she uses that in her food styling kit where you would get that today I'm not sure you could probably come across it at an antique shop but those are the kind of things that make each kit really personalized and really unique can you walk us through yours yeah Celine is looking at my Husky toolkit, which I did get the actual toolkit at Home Depot, so it's just something that's easy to carry, has lots of compartments that I jammed full of stuff. There are chopsticks, there are skewers, metal skewers, which I just used recently to make those perfect grill marks on chicken and steak. There's a torch, there are tweezers of various shapes and sizes. There are little pipettes that I use for drizzling sauces. Most recently I've used them a lot on burgers because you don't just top a bun like you would and then squish it on. You got to get them in the right crevices. Uh, A few knives. What are some of the weirder things? Anything stand out to you? There's some of these little makeup wedges. Cosmetic wedges, those come in handy for both blotting up different liquids or sometimes propping up a plate because in perspective it'll look wonky, so adjust it that way. Corn syrup. On a personal note, I hate corn syrup. I think it stands in the face of a lot of great food movements as a stylist. It's a tremendous tool, so I'm, I'm conflicted sometimes. But I use that to make water droplets on drinks and they will continue to look fresh for months. So don't put that on your body (laughs) because it doesn't move. Glycerin is kind of a funny one because this I got from the hair section because it's used in a lot of ethnic hair care, but it's also a laxative, I think. So you have to be careful. 
I feel like when I was asking for this at the pharmacy, they were announcing it over the loudspeaker. You know, one of those horrible moments where it just spirals. And they're like, it's for food styling, I swear. <laughs> Funnels, spray oils. Lots of brushes. Lots of brushes, Vaseline. This is a weirder one that makes me look like a serial killer on Amazon because this is in my cart. They're sculpting tools, but all together they look like little scalpels. They do look very medical. Yeah, all the, kinds of little edges and sharp points. and. If I had to characterize this bag just from looking at it, I would say it's beauty meets Home Depot <laughs> meets dentist's office. Yeah, with a little bit art of box. crazy person <laughs> in it. You know, the kind of person you don't want to be alone with in a dark corner. <laughs> yeah, just a little touch of that. Is there one tool that you consider your secret weapon? Like, something you would never go to a shoot without? Um, it's not a secret weapon. I think most chefs use it and stylists, but tweezers are pretty indispensable. And this set in particular is... And I have a pair of tweezers that looks like what you would use to pluck your eyebrows, but then these are the chef's tweezers. So if you've watched Chef's Table, you've seen them plating meticulously with these, but... They have this little rounded point, so they're not stabbing things. And then I have some other different sizes. A weirder thing on the tweezer note that I use is this, <laughs> this beading kit. Because I'm a borderline hoarder and had this from some era when I thought I was going to be making jewelry or something. So it has various shaped pliers, tiny scissors... Um, I think it actually had a set of tweezers in it, but that's pretty useful for, you know, sometimes I'll snip off a little piece of lettuce from a burger or you never know. I, you just need to snip off a little food <laughs> here and there. I've worked with Adam Miller before, mm -hmm. and I have to say that there is an uncanny resemblance between walking into the front room of your space and walking into his studio. Mm-hmm. In just that there is so, there are just so many things. <laughs> Do you think that having a large volume of things to work with is an indispensable part of your job? It's pretty valuable, especially because Adam and I both work in editorial a lot. We work with Table Magazine, and editorial can have some rougher edges and things that are more storied and aged, whereas a lot of our commercial work is, is very clean, very modern, and uh, you're in my home, so you see that's not necessarily my personal style, but it's a style I like to work in. So having those props available is really valuable. I did a shoot here in the apartment for Table's winter issue, and the photographer or the creative director would say, you know what we need is something little you know, just like a little picture and be like, okay, hold on one second. And I could appear with the thing that they wanted. So it definitely comes in handy. It also makes it a constant struggle to minimize or fine tune the collection because you're looking at something like if you want to be Marie Kondo about it, that's how you say her name. Does this bring me joy? Eh, maybe, but will I need this in a shoot? You know, like I want her to come into my home and help me organize in a way that will still feed my professional career. So yes, there's a lot of stuff it's valuable to have. I have to ask you about glue. <laughs> Everybody wants to know. I know. About glue. 
So going back to how we started this, you asked me, what does a food stylist do? And when I tell people I'm a food stylist, they always reference the insider reveal of what it means to be a food stylist. And it's using glue for milk and cereal. And what are some of the others? The grill lines on hamburgers is usually one of them. And I have to tell you, I have yet to use glue not that I work on cereal shoots, so maybe this is just an industry shift or I don't have the right clients, but in my five or six years as a food stylist, I have yet to put Elmer's glue on food. I also think this is a partial shift from film to digital. Like Our process now is so much faster, and not that it's fast, but it's faster. So we're able to see things in real time and have them on a screen and we can fuss over something far faster than they used to when they had to take a Polaroid and then run and get film developed. So whenever I work with a photographer who has spanned that that change, I always hear about it. You know, we're so lucky these days and I, I don't take it for granted. I guess I should try to find this show somewhere because I, I don't, it's, it baffles me yeah it's like how did everyone see the same I don't know if it was like 2020 or 60 minutes or something but I I mean I remember learning these things and and my boyfriend told me his art teacher in high school taught them this like food is art and here's how you make food art and it's with glue and with grill marks and you fake it and a lot of what I do is still edible at the end of the day and that's particularly beneficial when I'm working with the city's best restaurants because I get to sample, I try to sample almost everything that we do because it's really good food and I'd hate to ruin it with shellac or Elmer's. The food being edible at the end of the day comes back to the question of waste and wastefulness in your profession. I know you to be someone who is conscious of those things and who has worked in the food community to be more environmentally conscious and not to be wasteful. How do you reconcile something getting wasted because of styling Mm -hmm. with those feelings? It's tough and it's a, like I said, as the corn syrup example, a part of food styling will weigh on me heavily and waste is one of those factors because we compost, my boyfriend is an urban farmer, we try to eat as locally as possible. And then I go on to sets and it's like a freezer full of ice cream that has to get pitched. And so there's little things I'll do. Sometimes I'll bring a bucket and I'll collect scraps and I'll go home with a trunk full of five buckets of just food scraps that gets wasted. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes it's too... I'm not going to bring in seven buckets into the commercial kitchen shoot you know it's tough and I have to gauge whether I think the chefs will be receptive to that a lot of them are fortunately it's something that's coming into consideration a lot more in the restaurant world and a lot of it just gets wasted and there's nothing I can do about it a lot of it we try to donate if we haven't touched it like the ice cream reference uh, we work with some local charities that will come and pick it up. A lot of them just don't have the freezer space for 10 tubs of the three-gallon ice cream tubs. It's a struggle, and I think it's it's something bigger than Jeff's food styling because a lot of my work is in restaurants. I'd like to see compost be a 
thing in every restaurant. I saw this question on your Facebook poll and it made me me cringe a little because I do feel guilty about it. And on the other hand, I think it's all too easy to point at somebody else's profession and say, oh, your profession is really wasteful without realizing how much we all play into this world of, of advertising, of spending, of eating out. And even in our homes, like if you're throwing food into your garbage, you are part of the problem. And and I don't claim to be perfect on that front by any means. I still waste way more than I want to. So I'm probably rambling about this because it is something that's really important to me. But I think we should all start to challenge chefs and our city. You know, there are other cities that collect compost that make it really easy not to waste food. And... Pittsburgh isn't really one of them, and I would love to have my recycling and then my compost bucket out there for the city to come and do something amazing with. So my challenge is to everyone, and myself included, is let's find better ways to do these things, because looking at beautiful pictures of food, especially in magazines, is something I find really inspiring, and it inspires getting together with friends and families and creating new memories. So there's this really beautiful side but there is a costlier side too. Um, And then with trying to keep things edible, I save everything I can. And that's why our fridge is usually this hodgepodge of, oh, that was from Tuesday's shoot and that's from Thursday's shoot. And now we'll throw it together and make this weird stir fry. But I am, I'm like a peasant on shoots. I'm gathering everything like into my little corner, kneeling down like, please, sir, don't throw it away. And trying to save some through that way, just eating it, too. <laughs> Seems like a serious benefit. It is a great benefit of, of this job. If you get the good clients, you get to eat really well, especially when they're excited about the food they're putting out, and then they definitely want you to try it. What's the part of your profession that you enjoy the most? I love the storytelling side of it. So I, I really like my work with Table Magazine because it is more about the story and it's more about inspiring others to go home and create their own seafood boil to share and it's probably we probably set people up for failure in a little bit because there are a lot of people working on these shoots but at the core I I love that people can walk away with those ideas and one of my stress reliefs is to get a good cup of coffee and go to the library and take advantage of their amazing magazine collection. So I love being on the other side of that and producing that kind of work. And, you know, I, every day is different and I really like that. It suits my personality and probably my attention span. No two days are like even working with the same client. They're very different. For more soundbite, Visit our archives at www.pghcitypaper.com or subscribe to City Paper Podcasts on iTunes. Come along with me and rescue wasted food with 412 Food Rescue or get some tips for your spring garden from Grow Pittsburgh. To learn more about Quelsey and see her work, visit www.quelsey.com. That's Q-U-E-L-C-Y. She also maintains a personal blog at www.withthegrains.com. Until next time, cook merrily and eat heartily.